It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, NASA is testing the first of its new Dream Chaser space planes here in Northeast Ohio at their Neil Armstrong Test Facility near Sandusky. The new autonomous space plane, Tenacity, is made by Sierra Space, headquartered in Colorado, and it's designed to move cargo to and from the space station. But as you'll hear from our guests today, Senior NASA Glenn Research Center Project Manager Luke Staub and Jake Ingram, Director of Programs at Sierra Space, one day, in the not-too-distant future, NASA's current space station won't be the only one orbiting the Earth. Ingram says that's because Sierra Space is building what he calls the first end-to-end business and technology platform in space to benefit life on Earth. Here's why. We are developing Dream Chaser for the transportation up to space, Life Habitat, which is the basis for developing our own commercial space station so that people can both come to and from space, but also spend significant periods of time living and working in space. Okay. So essentially this would be a replacement for the current space station or an addition to that's privately owned? Our space station will be commercial in nature. So as a commercial space station, anyone will be able to uh, spend time. Okay. So as opposed to the current space station, which is really more research and it's NASA and this would be more for commercial exploitation of space. And Yeah. So the partners that we are looking for and have established are across all different industries from biotech and pharmaceuticals and uh, other research-based initiatives. How far are you away from actually having a space station? The space station part of our plan will come to fruition by the end of this decade. Why we're here at NASA's Armstrong Test Facility is for the transportation piece, which is our Dream Chaser space plane. So tell me about this Dream Chaser space plane. Like, How big is it and how many people can fly in it and why do you need this? The Dream Chaser space plane that we're testing here at Armstrong right now is the cargo variant. So it will take cargo to and from the International Space Station for the next several years. It's about 30 feet tall and can carry about 12,000 pounds of cargo up and then also on the way back home. And will it have a pilot? Uh, Dream Chaser is actually fully autonomous. So It will be controlled on the ground at certain parts of the mission, but otherwise it'll basically fly itself. So it's like a really, really big drone? What is a good way to describe it? (laughs) It, Yeah, it it would be an autonomous vehicle, similar to like the robotic landers that have gone out to, to all the way to Mars even. So it's all run by programming. It can handle certain situations and and off nominal cases. If needed, people can get involved into that loop, into the control loops and change things up as necessary. But the nominal flight plan will be already pre-programmed in like where it needs to go, where it has to enter or get out of Earth's atmosphere and things of that nature. So all that's going to be kind of lined up already. Uh, similar to, like like I said, the, the landers that have gone to the moon and, and out to Mars. Okay, so imagine I'm at Kennedy Space Center and I'm watching you launch this new space plane. What am I going to see? Can you describe what it'll look like when it launches and how it's different from a regular rocket launch? So Dream Chaser will launch on a rocket similar to other spacecraft. 
And once it gets out of the atmosphere and into space, it'll separate from the rocket and it will fly from there uh, on orbit to the International Space Station. When it's time for Dream Chaser to come home, it will re-enter the Earth's atmosphere and glide back down to Earth and land like a normal airplane. One thing to note too is the Dream Chaser, you actually won't see it when we're when you're launching it because it'll be under a fairing. So a big, a big uh, you know, covering. Uh, that way it doesn't have to handle all of the acoustic and the forces of the rocket, basically the wind forces of the atmosphere as you're launching into space. So the, the cool thing about the Dream Chaser is its wings fold in so that it can fit under the fairing. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes home, those wings will actually deploy in a microgravity environment, and then it'll come home and be able to land. If you had to describe what problem this solves for commercial spaceflight, what kind of advance does this give us that we don't have now? Dream Chaser has the capability to take significantly more cargo up to the space station, whether that's the International Space Station or our own commercial one. The biggest advantage, though, is on the ride down. For many years, over a decade, we've only seen the traditional capsules take cargo uh, up into space and then they you know, deploy parachutes and splash down in the ocean or bump down in the desert. And since Dream Chaser is actually a plane, when it re-enters the Earth's atmosphere, it'll glide down kind of like a shuttle, the, the old space shuttle. It'll be really special when the Dream Chaser touches down and, and lands at Kennedy Space Center at the old shuttle landing facility. It'll mm-hmm. be the first time that's happened since July of 2011. And it'll really send a big statement to the world that wings are back. Well, that's great. And obviously, this is a reusable vessel then, right? Yeah. Dream Chaser is reusable. So it'll fly up to space, land, we'll do some basic refurbishment, and then it'll launch again. So now tell me why it is that it's being tested here in Ohio and exactly where it's being done and why it's great that you're doing it there. So here in Ohio at the Armstrong Test Facility, which is part of the NASA Glenn Research Center, we have some one-of-a-kind full-scale spacecraft test facilities. So it's really probably the only place the Dream Chaser could go. What we just finished doing actually was a vibration test on the Dream Chaser and its cargo module. So what that is, is we're trying to simulate essentially that launch environment as it's going up. It's inside a fairing, right? It's on a rocket. It's launching up through the atmosphere. So even though it's in a fairing, there's still a lot of vibration energy that comes into where the Dream Chaser sits. So from the rocket itself, uh, from the aeroacoustics that are shaken on the outside of the fairing, um, all that energy gets transferred into the Dream Chaser in some way, shape, or form. So what we're doing here is we have it on a very large shaker table. We bolted it down to the base of the shaker table, and we're shaking the bottom of it. (laughs) And we're trying to make sure that we get to certain levels at the base that also translate into certain levels throughout the vehicle to make sure that we're properly capturing that environment as it launches into space. Well, sure. I mean, obviously you wouldn't want any parts to shake loose. That would be That's curious. <laughs> but then if you're going to have a bunch of cargo in there and some of it may be breakable, you'd want to make sure that you figured out how to secure it, right? That's true. It's it's really, it's that, but it's also all of the different components inside the Dream Chaser itself. It's got a lot of electronics, batteries, avionics equipment, all of these different things that that help it do that autonomous journey that it's going to be on. So so we want to make sure that all of those devices survive the launch and will work once you get to space. So we do that here on the ground, put it through the paces there to make sure that if we find any issues, we can fix them here or see our space with our help would fix the issues. And then we would basically try it again and make sure that it 
the new fix would survive the environment. So that's what we're really trying to do is to capture that launch environment and ensure the Dream Chaser can sustain that environment. Why is it important to have it be an autonomous vehicle? Dream Chaser was built under the Commercial Resupply Services 2 contract for NASA, CRS-2. And it's just to deliver cargo, not people. That would be a, a, a follow-on, a different service. And so by building Dream Chaser to be autonomous, we can actually fit more cargo in there and meet the intent of what NASA is asking for in terms of this service. Are you guys then going to produce one that's like it, that's reusable, that people can pilot or be in? Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of our long-term plan. First, it's transporting cargo to and from the International Space Station, and then we'll develop a Dream Chaser version that can carry people. And then we'll also develop our own commercial space station so we can take people to and from that. In terms of where exactly you are, I know you're in Northeast Ohio, but you're not in Cleveland. Where are you exactly? So we're just south of Sandusky. We're technically in Sandusky. This is part of the Glenn Research Center. It was renamed. It used to be called Plumbrook Station. It was renamed the Neil A. Armstrong Test Facility, I think, in August of 21 is when they renamed it, obviously in honor of Neil Armstrong. It's an arm of the Glenn Research Center that's in Cleveland, Ohio. But this is a huge acreage. There's like 6,200 acres here that's part of this facility. It was actually built back in like the early war days, like just after World War II, to test nuclear or fission devices. And so it was, it's interesting because this this facility was built way back when. And so it's got a lot of these old characteristics like these oil film windows where people were supposed to be behind them, you know, manipulating robotically these nuclear cores, essentially they were going to test them. There's also an interesting little zigzag as you come into one of the high bays. And that's because gamma rays can only go straight. So if you add that jog into the concrete, the gamma rays can't get out into the where the people sit. So, so there's a lot of interesting kind of unique things at this facility. But it was transformed in the uh, early 2010s, kind of late 2000s into the uh, base environments complex that we have today. So that added a mechanical vibration facility, which is what we're testing Dream Chaser on right now, or just finished testing. And it also added the reverberant acoustic test facility, which is an acoustic chamber that does another type of testing. It's also an environmental condition. Dream Chaser is actually going to do an acoustic test uh, when they go down to Kennedy Space Center, probably in a month or so. Okay, so you're only going to be testing it there for another month, and then it's then it's off to Florida. We have Dream Chaser at Armstrong test facility for three big tests. The first is the vibration test that Luke talked about. We also recently performed a shock test, similar kind of a, an idea. And then uh, over the course of the next month, we're going to do a thermal vacuum test. This is another unique capability that Armstrong has, where we put the entire spacecraft in this chamber, pump it down to vacuum, just like it'll be in space, and then run it through different thermal cycles, get it really hot, really cold, back and forth to simulate that environment once we're actually up in space. That sounds great. So when is it going to have its first launch after you get these tests done? Do you know? Do you have a, a like a target date? After we're done testing here at Armstrong, we'll transport the spacecraft down to Kennedy Space Center for the final launch processing for a launch later this year. Okay. Is there anything (laughs) about this that you'd like to add that I may have neglected to ask that you think is really fantastic that you want to tell us about? I guess I'll just touch a little bit more on the the shock test that Jake mentioned. So at the beginning of this whole campaign, so there's two interfaces of this Dream Chaser and the cargo module, right? So the, the bottom of the cargo module actually attaches to the rocket interface. 
So the two vehicles have to separate from the rocket at some point, right? Once we get out of the Earth's atmosphere. So we performed a shock test at the very beginning of the whole campaign where we fired the pyrotechnic device that separates what's called a clamp band, kind of holds the cargo module to the rocket. So we did that test. Uh, and again, what we're doing is we're measuring that environment created by that pop, by that bang. It's actually, it is like a, a little detonation device that separates the vehicle. So and there's another one of those clamp band devices between the Dream Chaser and the cargo module. Those two have to separate when the Dream Chaser wants to come home. So that was the last test we did while it was sitting on the vibration table. So that was, again, we were measuring responses through the whole vehicle with little devices called accelerometers. So we were measuring acceleration at different points in the vehicle. And during that event, when we triggered that separation. Can you simulate weightlessness there or just vacuum? I mean, so yeah, that, obviously we're, the... <laughs> we're on Earth and there's gravity, but right. I don't know. Yeah, so the, the, the 1G aspect is the, is the hard part to get over. Um, vacuum, yes. Uh, so in the past, we've done like solar array deployments, which can't really happen in 1G. Usually they're, they're not strong enough to, to carry their own weight under the 1G force of, uh, that we have on Earth. So we, we are able to do like offloading devices that kind of hold the weight up and then allow the solar array to deploy. So we're not doing that here. So there are ways to kind of cheat that a little, but it's that's pretty tough to overcome. Yeah. So okay. we can't, we don't have a zero. There, G there machine, isn't anything magic that you guys have that can just <laughs> no, no. eliminate gravity. Because <laughs> yeah. I was imagining it'd be fun to like get in a spacesuit inside that little simulator, you know, and yeah. <laughs> bounce around in there once it has yes. no atmosphere. But I yes. guess not. Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have that yet. That was Senior NASA Glenn Research Center Project Manager Luke Staub and Jake Ingram, Director of Programs at Sierra Space. If you'd like to find out more about the Dream Chaser space plane, go to nasa.gov. Thanks for listening. I'm Jean Destro. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.